Welcome to Equestrian Movement's First Do No Harm podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boniface, co-founder of Equestrian Movement with Sarah Gallagher. We work with horse riders who want to build a stronger bond and a deeper connection with their horses. In our First Do No Harm podcast, we discuss with other industry professionals how to work with horses to firstly do no harm and secondly support their mental, emotional and physical well-being throughout the training process so that we have horses that enjoy learning and ask to be ridden. Each episode, we discuss the different influences our training can have and how we can improve our horses' overall athleticism, soundness of mind and body, and emotional fortitude, while strengthening and deepening our relationship with our horses. Each week, I will endeavor to bring to you a new episode on horse riding, training, handling and husbandry for an interview with other industry professionals to help you address where and why you might get stuck in creating the beautiful union of dancing souls that is the equestrian sport. Are you ready to kick off today's show? Let's get started. Hey team, Katie here from Equestrian Movement and this is episode 31 of the First Do No Harm podcast. Today, the conversation is around why are transitions so important for balanced riding. And so to start today off, I want to talk a little bit about the way that I layer out training. So if you've listened to the conversations that we've had, you will recognize that we're big advocates for circling back and reviewing foundations. And the reason why we want to review our foundations is because, you know, what a halt looks like for you when you first ride compared to what a halt looks like after a year of riding compared to what a halt looks like after five years of riding. They're going, you're going to understand like finer nuances and details around like what is a good quality in those transitions. And so that's why we want to come back and revisit some of the stuff that we might consider easy is because the person that rides the halt and they've only just started to learn to ride is going to have a different perception of the person that has been practicing the halt for a year And so they have fresh eyes on what that halt transition looks like. And that's the same for any of our movements. So when you're reviewing foundational work, you're reviewing foundational work with the eyes of more experience. What does a more experienced halt look like? What does a more experienced turn look like? We're asking these questions because that's the part that's going to get the progress. Riding a halt like a beginner is going to keep you in beginner stages. Riding a halt like an intermediate rider is going to keep you in intermediate rider stages. Riding a halt as an advanced rider is going to be how you advance your training. So I'm going to give you some ideas around how to view the different reasons why we train. And this is why we can get stuck as well. Like if you've been drilling 20 meter circles for five years and you don't know why you're still doing 20 meter circles and you just feel like you're going round and round and round and you're not developing, you're not moving forward, you feel like you've plateaued and there's no improvement, then it's because you're seeing what a 20 meter meter circle looks like from the eyes of 
a rider who hasn't ridden higher levels. So you want to be able to move into the next exercise, fail at the next exercise quite a lot until you get good at it, and then you're going to review a 20 meter circle from the eyes of somebody who's ridden more than 20 meter circles. And so that's what we're doing in our free course at the moment of stop drilling 20 meter circles is going, okay, what is the next step after riding 20 meter circles and how can we use that to progress our riding? So if you would like to join that course, we've got a free workshop starting next week from the time that this podcast is airing. The link is in the show notes or you can go to www.equestriummovement.com forward slash stop drilling circles to get the free course and to sign up for the free three-day workshop where we're going to talk about developing feel and being able to use your seat and the number one reason why you're struggling with understanding how to feel your horse. So to come back around to what we were talking about, when we, uh, when I'm structuring out these lessons for my students, there's, um, you know, skills that are required in their development to take them to the next level. We're looking for the horse's level of mental relaxation and seeking the contact for communication and confidence. We're looking for how clear uh, the rider's cue training is. These are the things that we develop on the ground in training trainability and then we're transferring them into the saddle. So the first skill sets in the saddle are just cue training in the saddle and so that looks like two legs says go, two reins means stop, one rein means turn. Super, super basic but our horses need to know how to follow the aids and communicate with us in the saddle. That isn't where we stop though. <laughs> As we get more confident with how to communicate with our horse in the saddle, our next step is to talk about what it looks like when our horses are balanced when they're traveling. And so this is our working paces. So our working pace is between too fast and too slow. What that looks like is totally dependent on the horse you're riding, its level of education, and its balance when you get it. So if we're talking a completely green broke horse, they're still learning how to balance us on top of them. So it's going to take a while before they actually are able to maintain a working pace. If you've got a more experienced horse but you're lacking forwardness or they're rushing, then what you want to have is some diversity and dynamics in the action and that they can slow down, speed up, slow down, speed up, because what you have that's in the middle is your working pace. It's also going to be dependent on the breed. Our heavier breeds tend to lack forwardness, whereas our finer, more athletic horses tend to get all squirrely in the head and try to rush, 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 rush everywhere, and we have to teach them how to slow. So our ideal learning outcome in our first stage of training working paces is to be able to have a pace that we can ride forward, not a pace that we have to hold back. So what does that look like? It looks like forever and always tempo changes and transitions. 
<laughs> so why are transitions so important in balanced riding? What we're trying to do with our transitions and our tempo changes is we're trying to establish a horse that is anticipating the next ask. So if you're doing, you know, transitions within the pace, so we're doing slowing the pace down, speeding the pace up. If we're doing transitions pace to pace, we're going walk, trot, canter, trot, walk, halt, rein back, walk. Or we can do lengthening and shortening of the strides if you're, you know, a little bit further progressed. When we're looking at changing the pace and the tempo regularly, and by regularly I'm talking like, you know, every five to 10 strides. We have a horse that brain, their brain is engaged thinking what's next and their body is also engaged thinking what's next, ready for the next ask. So if you have a horse that's anticipating that you're going to change pace, change speed, then you have a horse that is focused and paying attention to you, but also holding themselves. Because if you're going to change the speed, then they need to organize their body and be ready. And this is one of the biggest mistakes that we can make in the early stages of training is going, oh man, transitions suck. I hate them. Like, let's just never do them and acknowledge that we're just going to get, you know, uh, five or something <laughs> for our transitions at a competition. Or if you're not competing, like you're on on a trail all the time, then you're not going to be doing lots of transitions because you're just kind of going in the one direction. But where the transitions really fall into their own is after we move out of developing forwardness. So that is legs mean go, reins mean slow, one rein means turn. And into developing engagement and balance is it gets our horses anticipating what is the next ask that we're going to ask of them. And this has really significant flow on effects for our horse's trainability as well. So when we structure our training session, we can do these transitions and then reward, transitions and then reward, transitions and then reward. There is There can be huge task achievements if we manage to structure out these training sessions in a way that makes our horses feel successful and like they've achieved something. And that is one of the things that we teach to achieve the horse's level of trainability is they actually enjoy learning and they want to be ridden. Part of wanting to be ridden and enjoying learning is feeling accomplished and that is a feeling of task achievement and if we're drilling our horses or we're getting frustrated disappointed in ourselves and taking that out on our horse then our horse isn't going to enjoy riding when we can do an exercise that is going to focus our horse's attention and then fi finish on a positive note feeling like we could have done more turn them out to their herd, feed them. Our horses are going to come in next time ready to learn, excited to achieve because achievement is a positive experience for everyone involved. And it brings us to the next point is that we can't control our horses through bit pressure. If you are trying to control your horse with bit pressure, you're going to fail. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's nothing easier than that to say. If you think that pulling 
a piece of metal in your horse's mouth is what's going to control them, then you've missed the point of riding. The thing that we use to control our horses is emotional self-regulation and connection so that we know how to organize our horse's emotional response in different environments and situations and they look to us for us to help organize their emotions in those different environments and situations and then those emotions don't escalate to behaviors where we feel like we need to control our horse. After we have emotional regulation and organization then all we're looking for is cue training. We're not controlling the horse with the bit pressure we're communicating with the horse through the bit pressure so when you're using your reins to ask your horse to steady and balance if you're holding the bit all you're going to teach your horse to do is to run through it and ignore you so the purpose of cue training our aids in our paces through transitions is that there's actually like a difference in what we're asking of our horse. If we're just holding their mouth to try and get them to slow and there's no change in pace, then all, we're gonna have to continue holding their mouths with them running through their hands. If we're you know, having to kick every stride to get our horse to go and to keep them going, and you know that if you stop kicking, your horse is gonna stop, then that's what you've got to do to keep your horse going. And that is so self-limiting because if all of your aids and all of your focus is going purely into whether your horse is going too fast or too slow, then we really can't start thinking about the finer details of how your horse is balancing itself for different movements. So rather than kick, 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 kick to maintain forward or pulling and holding to maintain steady, we're just going to do transitions. <laughs> uh, and there is a pathway of how we structure those transitions so that our horses succeed. Um, that is our training philosophy. We go much further into detail in that in our membership, Green to Self Carriage. But the, you want to make sure that your aids are clear, you follow through, you're not drilling them into the horse, finish on a positive note, feeling like you could have done more, and having really adjustable goalposts that uh, match the horse's mood on the day that you're working them. So we're going to use those transitions to get our horse to balance between our aids because they're waiting for us to ask them to do something because we were doing transition on transition on transition on transition. And then here's an extra tip for you. When you feel your horse anticipating, reward for the anticipation. Say, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. I just wanted your focus enough to balance your body ready for me to ask you something. And guess what that is? That is a half halt. So in get half halt itself can be like one of those things where people are like, I don't know what it is. It's a magical mystery that nobody actually understands the truth of. Um, but that's all it is. It's your horse organizing its body in anticipation of what you're about to ask them. Because when we're riding, we're not riding cars or bikes where you hit the, you, know, you put brakes on and the car slows or the bike slows. We're riding horses. And so we have our horses only going to do what they're thinking about. So if you pull the reins and your horse is thinking, ah, oh, the bit, I hate the bit, the bit is pulling on my mouth, it's uncomfortable, 
then of course they're not going to stop because they're not thinking about stopping. They're thinking about how uncomfortable a piece of metal in their mouth is. You've got at least three to five strides on an educated horse between saying, okay, we're about to do something different to act actually executing the movement. When we're on green horses, we're looking at about half the arena of, hey, I'm saying something to you. Hey, I'm saying something to you. Hey, I'm saying something to you. And then they switch their brain on and they're like, oh, what do you want? And then you say, oh, we're about to walk or we're about to halt. And so then they have to interpret what the cue means and then they have to organize their body. That doesn't happen instantaneously. And this is one of the biggest mistakes that people riding transitions do is they think that as soon as they put the aid on, the horse should respond. Think about if somebody was asking you to run, if they were yelling at you, run, 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 and then all of a sudden they say stop. You're not going to be able to say to stop your body instantaneously. Your brain needs to process the word, the, then it needs to organize your body, then you're kind of going to slow down because you've gone from full forward to now like full stop mode. Then you've got to organize your body and then you've got to execute. We need to give our horses the same level of grace when we're practicing transitions. They're not going to stop the instant we apply our rain aids. They've got to have a moment to think about what we're asking them to do. Then they need to organize their body and then they need to execute. And so we only apply the aid to ask for the movement at that moment that their body is ready to execute. That is what effective cue training is. So we're not going to use the reins to control. We're going to set our horses up to succeed. We're going to have thorough and clear communication. We're going to use our exercises to get our horses to do what we're working on, not our reins to control them into what we're working on. So we're going to use transitions to get our horses anticipating uh, an ask of whether we're going to ask them to go more forward or more slow. As a result, they're going to balance their body. And now we have a horse that is engaged mentally but has also engaged their posture for the best version of their balance. And that's basically what intro level engagement is. Pretty easy, right? We don't have to be whipping our horses, driving our horses into contact to get engagement. We just need to get them thinking, get the brain engaged and that gets the body engaged. At this stage of training, whether your horse is working in a frame or not doesn't really matter. This exercise is what gets your horse ready and balanced to be able to work into a frame. But ideally, we want to make sure that they're not, um, you know, lifting their head up and throwing their shoulders kind of all over the place and hollowing purely because we're just going to be developing the wrong muscles and it's going to make them tight and sore and tense. It might look a little bit like this with the beginners, but basically that means that you've got a whole lot more, sorry, not beginners, our green horses, green broke horses, but basically that just means you've got a whole lot more muscle conditioning work to do. If we do our cue training and our forwardness training really well, like how we have it laid out in our memberships, then our horses' noses just go down because they're seeking our hands and they're seeking the contact. 
The only reason our horses won't work into contact is because we have hands that they can't trust. They're not looking for our hands for guidance and they're uncomfortable about the bit pressure. Once they recognize that it's communication and for them to recognize that it's communication and for us to have hands that our horses can trust, we have to let go of control through the mouth and realize that control comes from the synchronicity of our movements and our level of connection then our horse isn't going to be hollowing to lift its mouth up above our hands and then not going to be going behind the bit to flex away from the bit pressure. They're going to confidently accept, seek and work into contact and then we're going to use transitions to get them better balanced between the aids and then that is going to create the working frame and the working paces. So I hope that has given you some inspiration to go out and start training some transitions. Love to hear from you if you see a significant difference in your horse's quality of work as a result. It's definitely one of those things that, you know, as uh, an amateur dressage rider, I hated transitions because, you know, they'd either go really good or they'd go really bad and then I'd just give up and quit and much prefer the flow work of figures but when we spend the time to do them well it is the differentiation between an amateur and a professional until next time happy trails if you're loving what you're listening to on the podcast you might be starting to recognize that pain-based submission training for control is the worst way to train a safe horse that wants to look after you If you're working with or around horses, you'll know how unpredictable and sometimes scary they can be. Unfortunately, most struggling horse riders make the mistake of thinking that the bit is for controlling a horse and asking them into a frame before they are ready. If you're not doing the work to help your horse manage stress and pressure to emotionally self-regulate, if you're not doing the work to understand how to clearly communicate with each other and cue words in, Your riding will plateau and you'll find yourself going round in circles both literally and figuratively with only glimpses of that beautiful unicorn moment which is the union of our dancing souls in harmony. That's why we've created our new free training and workshop, Stop Drilling 20 Meter Circles. In this course we teach you how to move forward in your training by getting off the 20 meter circle, getting clear in your communication, feel and how to use your seat. If you're ready to get some big aha moments and riding breakthroughs, if you're wanting to establish connection in the saddle but stuck and feeling unsure on what to do next, asking yourself, why does my horse do dot dot dot, or how can I recognize if my horse doesn't have enough muscle to work well, and just spinning your wheels, trying to figure out which exercise to choose to help move yourself and your horse forward to become more athletic, or make their work more efficient, Check out our free training www.equestriumovement.com forward slash stop drilling circles and I will uncover the secrets to develop connection in the saddle, feel and how to use your seat.